Hello, hello, FMF State of Mind, kings and queens in quarantine. Hope you guys are doing well. It's the FMF State of Mind podcast back. I'm your host, Antonio, as always. Ness is with me, as always. We have a guest. You guys all probably know him as well. Everybody that's listened to this already knows him. He's part of the Liga MX English family. Eugene Rapinski, Golazo del Gringo. Eugene, how you doing, my man? Uh, pretty good. Awesome, awesome. He's here because we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about a couple of things, but we're going to talk about mainly about the suspension of promotion and relegation from Liga Mekis. He's here to give us another perspective since mine and Ness's are kind of a little bit too similar. So we needed someone else to kind of break that mold a little bit. But yeah, so first of all, I mean, yeah, how, how have you guys been doing in the quarantine and all this? It's starting to open up a little bit now. Yeah, it's been it's been tough, but it's been okay to kind of get into a new routine um you know I'm, i'm very thankful that both my wife and i can work from home um so that was pretty easy um you know just kind of getting into that habit and figuring out what works and what doesn't um you know all in all everybody's healthy and you know just kind of riding out the storm how about you guys i got my my haircut today too barely today my first Uh, I guess official haircut. I mean, I gave myself a buzz cut during when the quarantine started, but this is like my first official one, so I was pretty excited about that. I mean, hey, finally we can get back to this. But yeah, before this before this all started, I was like going to get a haircut, going to get a haircut, and I kept putting it off. I'm like, oh, I'll just do it next weekend, and then like everything shut down. So everything like, shut down. I look yes. terrible. I have like like a mullet almost and like i haven't shaved in forever i look terrible it was it's great i did the exact same thing and when quarantine started my hair was long as it wasn't too long like if, you, if any people look at me they're like, oh it's not that long but for me it's really long because i don't really like having long hair so it, it was it was terrible which is why i had to go for the buzz yeah let's get started onto the first topic which is you know you guys all know it just came out earlier this morning Liga Mekis is officially suspended the club sort of 2020 is no more it's in the dirt f in the chat because it's done so th that all occurred uh, obviously the Liga Mekis feminine as well um, so everything everything is just at a stop a stopping point uh, the apertura will begin who knows when Probably not when it usually does, probably a little bit after, but, you know, players are not even back to training yet, as opposed to in Europe, but we'll see. So let's just talk about that for a little bit. What, what, what do you guys think about the whole, you know, obviously the whole season being suspended? Was it the right call? Eugene, we'll start with you. It was the right call to stop the season. Um, you know, as time went on, it, it became more and more evident that they weren't going to be able to get in the games. Um, you know, the cases in Mexico are still going up. Uh, it, it's not going down um, there. And it, there's just no way that they would have been able to fill in the rest of the season and somehow get, you know, ready in time for the apertura. So, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks, um, but it, it was the right call. Definitely, Eunice. It's the right call. It's something where it's like, all right, they try to get people back together. You know, nothing was official yet. They tried to see, you know, about Chivas, uh, and they just tried to see, you know, how far they'd be able to get just as far as testing. And other teams tried to do the exact same. And guess what? It's like it didn't end up going so well. And you saw that with Santos testing officially at 12 players as being reported by various people. And it's unfortunate, but it is the right thing to do. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you see people with the conspiracy theories and it kind of gets out of hand. Like, oh, will they do something like that? But I think you can't, when something like this happens and there's still an opportunity to make money and they're still taking the good thing and they're doing the hard thing about it, I think that's the good thing about it. Because when League MX, whenever there's an opportunity to profit, usually we see them favoring on that side. but. You know, this is something where this is people's safety and they're actually erring on the side of caution, which is something refreshing to see with Liga MX, you know, where usually the players aren't at the forefront and the owners kind of make all the decisions, you know. Bacto de Caballeros and other kind of policies that you've seen implemented by Liga MX, not only teams, but owners. So it is good to see them err on the side of caution. It's sad, but it's just what had to be done if we're being honest. Liga Mekis is no more. Well, not Liga Mekis. The Clausura is no more. Yeah, you scared me right there for a second. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> well, you, it might not. It, listen, it might not be. Phone. We're gonna merge with MLS, remember? <laughs> so, <laughs> just a couple of years too early for that statement. But no, no, no. 
For real though, Clausura 2020 is no more, uh, no champion. I think uh, Cruz Azul and León, since they were the top two teams, they'll go. They'll be going to the Champions League spots for next year, um, if we'll even have any. Who knows? The Champions League this year is gonna be is off as well. So yeah, it was. Uh, I was just looking a lot, forward a lot of things. LAFC versus Cruz Azul, but I guess. I don't know if that's still happening or not, or is it? I'm not exactly sure. Most likely not. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 99% not. Um, Leon's back in it, though. They got another shot after kind of uh, taking the L against LAFC after, you know, those two legs. The, the first leg, they played really well. The second leg, they played completely opposite of well. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll be happy to have that second chance. Oh, I did want to ask. Since the season ended really very prematurely, you know, after 10 games, not really much at all. But from those 10 games, what were your guys's, I guess, favorite moments? And it can be anything. It can be a game. It can be just a moment, a soundbite, whatever. What was probably your favorite moments from this short season? I think for me, top three would probably have to be Cruz Azul, currently being super leader. And... Uh... Their striker, the Uruguayan one, Jonathan Rodriguez, if I'm not mistaken. Just him being standout, like, you know, yeah. as far as we might not be able to remember this tournament, but if it is, I think he has to be talked about. And as far as how he was kind of reaching that, finally, that potential, of, you know, not only leading the league in scoring, but leading the team's first place spot. And I think the number two thing for me would be Chivas turning it around. Obviously, a fifth place finish. And um, something as a Chivista myself, I know I was really excited to see, you know, whether, you know, the criticism of Stadia and the way he plays and kind of some of the players and not utilizing some of the new players on the first team. I think it's a rather decent finish. And it's something where I at least wanted to see his perform in the league. Yeah, but, you know, there's always next tournament. And I say three for me is probably the way America played and how even though they lost, uh, you know, Guido and he's playing for Real Batiste currently and all the injuries that they had, that they were still in the top three, you know, for, for various amounts of weeks. And it's just a testament to Piojo Herrera and the coaching job he's doing at America and how he really calls up players and how they develop players because, you know, Sebastian Cordova and, you know, he's developing really well. And a lot of other players that they kind of bring up from their, their youth systems where you don't see a lot of other teams do that or have to rely on that. Whereas America, you know, they're, they're kind of thriving under pressure when almost half their team was injured and they were still, you know, getting pretty good results. So that's probably my three. How about your guys? I don't think I have three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I asked for one. Ness just wanted to be to glow. Yeah, I was Go like, ahead. oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> no, it's totally cool. I just was like, oh, God, like, how am I going to come up with three different things? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was that um, you finally started to see Liga Mekis as a whole kind of get itself in order right like we've gone through this whole thing with Fidel Cori and how you know just how backwards things were with Veracruz from so many different angles right like from the men's side not being able to win um, a game in forever for the women's side with the 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 uh, allegations that you know they had like didn't get paid they didn't get proper like showers or anything like that um you know so to have that finally gone and to be able to move the league forward um for both uh varonil and femenil i think was very good and it just kind of sucks to have it all um taken away like stop short right uh i think if i had to give another one i think Cruz Azul finally putting it together like you said Capacita Rodriguez was looking like the leader that he was with Santos um, a few years back um, you know so it was good to see him be able to finally get on a Cruz Azul team that had everything coming together right um, Cruz Azul for me was always with that team that was always one or two pieces short they, they looked good and they, they, they'd fall apart or they were you know they just couldn't ever seem to put it together and to finally see a giant club like that be able to pull themselves together and put forth a, a very good run um, you know that that's that's also good you know when the big teams do well uh, the league does well yeah definitely it's tough for Cruz Azul fans right now even though I don't I'm not gonna you know kind of sugarcoat it and say oh they would have definitely been champions or whatever because it's only 10 games and we know how they are but still it, it was looking to be a very great season it was looking to be become a very great season for them 
So, you know, to have this end this way is really, really unfortunate. Uh, you guys both said Cabecito Rodriguez was playing tremendous, as well as other players too, Elias Hernandez, um, Santiago Jimenez, youngster who's, you know, on the radar for both Argentine and, and Mexican national youth teams. So, you know, and then we we saw other guys like, you know, Angel Mena still doing his thing. Uh, Leo Fernandez from Toluca played amazing, probably the best the best player under Cabecita for sure and you know other players like that i think for me the 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 moment that sticks with me the most is how we ended this whole thing because and i'm obviously talking about the cruz azul america game that was the last game everyone watched before you know quarantine happened and all the leagues around the world started being suspended and shut down but that game, it, it, it was just a, a masterpiece of, of what occurred. You know, obviously it's Cruz Sur America. It's a Clásico Joven. It's a derby. We, 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 we know what to expect from those. It, it, was, it was well fought out. Um, but just the, the way it happened, like it was during a pandemic already. Uh, if you guys remember, it was just pouring, pouring rain and hail at the beginning of the game and throughout the game as well. Um, and then obviously... You know, with Jesus Corona becoming the hero in the end and <clears throat> saving that penalty, saving that America penalty, somebody that was has been so criticized and so almost hated by his own fan base for 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 a long time. Um, you know, I, I personally know a bunch of Cruz Azul fans who who don't don't rate the guy, but uh, for him to go out like that, it, w- it was really a, a crazy thing. And yes, I'm, I am going to mention that his last name is Corona. I'm also going to mention that in that totally empty stadium, there was a big Corona, you know, advertisement in the seats of the Estadio Azteca, just glooming over the players. It, it was very eerie and very weird to go out like that, but it was, it was, uh, what a moment, you know what I mean? Foreshadowing, for sure. <laughs> Definitely, it was, it was. Yeah, no, that was, if you're going to have to go out, you know, that's the game to go out on, right? Like that was, that was just a masterpiece of a game. I'm not invested in either team and, and watching that was, was fun. Definitely. Like, and like you said, if, if you're going to go out on any game, it has to be an important game like that, a derby. And, you know, it was, it was great. It was great. It was, you know, reminiscent of that, a little bit reminiscent because of the weather as well of that final that they had, the really famous final from 2013. But, you know, that was such a good final. Yeah, it, it it gave you a little bit, a little bit of those vibes, but that that's my moment for me. But now we have to move on. Look forward to the apertura, whenever it may come. Uh, but before that, we're gonna talk about what Liga Mekis did before they suspended this season, and that's they suspended something else, which was the whole promotion and relegation. Um, you guys all probably all know this at this point, but Liga Mekis suspended promotion and relegation for the next five years. Um, Ascenso Mickey still exists. The clubs will still be there, but they just won't be able to get promoted, and teams from the Liga Mekis won't be able to get relegated, even though there haven't really been any relegations in what the past two years at least. So, you know, uh, that you know, one thing led to another. This is this has not been very popular to to keep it short with uh, fans and uh, most players, I would say. So, you know, we're just going to talk about, you know, the controversial way in this all and, you know, that this all happened. So, first of all, uh, Eugene, I'll start with you. What was your first kind of reaction to kind of hearing this news? Because it was a little bit unexpected. It really was. It seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, My first reaction was probably like everybody else, regardless of where you stand on the issue of promotion or relegation. They did what? You know, that that was that was my first thought. and then just trying to process it and what it what it meant and, and drawing my own conclusions um, from from that you know so that was really uh, you know when I heard that it was just kind of shock and, and surprise and then trying to to figure out you know do I think this is going to be good do I think this is going to be bad what do I think Ness what about you what did you think what was your first uh, as far as my first initial takeaways was what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fake, right? They can't really be doing that. It's like that's like the BPL, I see a theme the going second on division. Here. It's like what? What about all those players? What about all that money? What about all those teams with a heritage in first division? It's it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. And I was making a look at it, and obviously, you know, as 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 all those kind of 
It went from kind of like a what, uh, you know, kind of anger, and then denial. <laughs> it's almost like all the phases, so huh? Tough, you know. <laughs> Do you go through bargaining it, uh, as well? Exactly. Yeah, you know. But it, I needed a second opinion. It's a. Uh, it, that's one of the things that really caught me off guard about the whole announcement was just how abrupt it was. You only heard murmurs of it, but you're like, all right, whatever. You're like, oh, yeah, it's never gonna happen. And then for it to actually happen, and for it to yeah. happen, you know, while you know everything was kind of at a standstill, and everybody got together, and you heard the votes, and obviously the people that were for it, you saw where those you know teams that were owned by certain certain groups, interest groups, as uh, like Santos and Atlas, and you saw the the you know the immediate bene- beneficiaries of that because. You know who was next down to get a uh, you know demoted, which was going to be Atlas, and you see that same group that owns you know Santos and everybody else, and how they all kind of voted uniformly as far as to be against rate or relegation. So you you see it from you know from that standpoint, and then there's also other things taken into account as well. I think the, the like the most unfortunate part about it is just the people who played second division that you know, might have been able to come up to first division, make a name for themselves. And what, you know, at the end of the day, we're mostly hurting Mexican talent because that's the majority of what the second division is made out of primarily. And that's the saddest part about all this. And for them to kind of start up a whole other league in Liga Balompe, I think is okay. And I think they're going the right way about it and the right ideologies. Now, putting Carlos, you know, at the, at the forefront of that, if that's the right decision, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you. I hope it does work out, though. You know, you have people like Ramon Morales who will be coaching a team on there as well. And you hope that the right individuals can involve the Liga Balompe and they can turn into something successful. But it just sucks that rele- relegation promotion is suspended for five years because it doesn't give because well because it does because it gives people kind of room to breathe. That room seems like Atlas who might have been. You know, financially and not doing so well. I'll give them five years to be able to get sponsorships, whether it be from, you know, certain TV channels, or it'll it'll get five years of straight play, and they won't be, you know, anything kind of as far as threatening that for the next five years. And I mean, that's prime. I wouldn't say primarily, but one of the main reasons why it was kind of brought to the forefront and everything currently going on. But you definitely see the main beneficiaries on the front lines of this, and. Whether it's the Senate in five years, if that's the right thing to do, I don't know. But if it was ever time to merge with MLS, it would be between these five-year period. And I think that's the most alarming thing that no one's taken away from this, is that it's like the integration is becoming ever and ever more clear. They just, you know, don't watch, don't do as they say, but just watch what they do type of deal. You can kind of see like Liga MX operating under and it's real interesting to see where we're going to be in the next year, year and a half, especially after this all, whole thing is over and they were able to pass all these new things and damn near new legislation and how they're going to govern and everything. What do you think, Antonio? No, basically, it was really unexpected, um, like you guys said. I, I was also kind of like, because I knew that they were going to talk about certain things, you know, talk about things relating to promotion relegation, things relating to the second division because it did need to be fixed i I think you know regardless of where you stand on promotion relegation being suspended i think everybody can agree that the second division was not working in its current form you know what i mean and uh just the whole you know certification system to get to get promoted i mean we saw it with the whole veracruz saga with lobos being bought out replaced with fc juarez i mean there was a lot of things not working so i do think that there was things to be fixed now would is this the way to fix them? I don't know. I would say probably not. But um, it was really unexpected for them to just pull this out of the hat. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, like you, Ness, you mentioned at the end there, one thing that I did want to ask you guys, since it does seem like this is kind of inching Liga Mekis more and more towards, you know, that union with MLS that people have been talking about, you know, this started with, you know, pulling out of the Libertadores, pulling out of South American competition, now having inter-league uh, tournaments, um, and now they've decided to, you know, suspend promotion and relegation, um, and becoming the only league, as far as I know, that doesn't have promotion and relegation, that's not a newer league, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, the Australian League doesn't have promotion and relegation, other leagues like that, but they are more newer leagues that have been established, the MLS as well, established in the past, you know, 20, 25 years, or even less than that. The Omegas will be the only one that won't have promotion relegation. That is actually a, you know, firm established league from beyond. So, uh, I did want to ask you guys: Do you, what do you guys think about this kind of being 
a pathway into that, you know, MLS system and Liga Mekis is ad- trying to adopt more MLS style, um, you know, things other than going the other way around and going European. What, what, what does that, what does that, what does that mean to you guys? All right, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, so I want to preface this by saying, I don't think you're going to see a merger between Liga Mekis and MLS, right? Um, if you think about, uh, like the AFL NFL merger back in the sixties that I don't think you're going to see anything like that. I think when you deal with multiple countries, when you deal with uh, things like work permits, passports, um, single entity versus multiple clubs, television rights, all of the legal sorts of wranglings that go into one league in one country, let alone two leagues in three countries, I think an actual merger becomes almost impossible. I don't want to say impossible, but close enough to impossible that it's not like they're it's not like they're going to announce it tomorrow that 2021 it's one league, right? Um, so I, I kind of want to steer. I personally steer away from from saying merger. I think you're going to see a lot more cooperation between the two leagues. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more things like Leaks Cup. I think you're going to see a lot more kind of cross uh, promotion and cross, uh, you know, the, the teams playing one another and uh, forming kind of alliances and, and things of that nature. And for me, that's a good thing. Um, I think that there are things that MLS does that Liga Mekis could certainly learn from. I think there are a lot of things that Liga Mekis does that MLS could learn from. Um, you know, uh, Liga Mekis is in CONCACAF in our region on, you know, the best league, right? I mean, there's, there's really no doubting, arguing that point. Um, you know, so there are a lot of things as far as quality of play, as far as, um, talent development, as far as, uh, you know, that sort of thing that MLS can learn from Liga Mekis can learn uh, the business side of things, okay? Um, television contracts, for instance. Um, Liga Mekis is killing themselves uh, right now by not bundling their television rights. Um, you know, MLS does that and does it well, and that's why they're able to get their pr- product broadcast in something like 180 countries. Um, you know, is it the most watched league in any of those countries outside of, well, even in the U.S.? No, but it's still there. They're still getting revenue dollars uh, from, from the sale of those rights. That's something Liga Mekis could absolutely do um, if they if they really put themselves to it, if they could, you know, get uh, the the television companies, Televisa, and, uh, you know, to, to work together Um even if it wasn't in Mexico and the U.S., maybe if they, if they, if they said, okay, outside of Mexico and the U.S., uh, we're going to bundle the rights and we'll sell them at a fair market rate and we'll split the money evenly, you know? Or even if they put it on some sort of gradient scale where Chivas in America got most of the money and then teams who didn't draw as well as far as television goes, like Juarez or whatever, um, got less. But that's still more money than they're getting now from countries like England, Canada, France, Germany, Spain, etc. Um, you know, so I don't necessarily think that this is a bad thing for the two leagues to work closer together um, in concert with one another. I hear a lot of arguments revolving around Liga Mekis left uh, Copa Libertadores, um, which, yes, undoubtedly Copa Libertadores is a much more prestigious competition. But the fact remains, Liga Mekis is, is CONCACAF. It's North American, right? They were always going to be a guest in Libertadores, um, regardless of what happened. So, you know, I, I just, I, I think that looking south, looking to South America is not, was not going to be a permanent solution. I think it was more going to be looking, uh, you know, within our own region. No, definitely. I hear you. And what many people have to remember is that as much as me and, and Ness as well and a bunch of other people 
don't like the fact that Liga Mekis is not represented in South American competitions anymore. The reason they pulled out from it wasn't really to do with MLS. I mean, it kind of was, but it was just scheduling conflicts. It was because Bofo got spit on by Boca fans, and we still, to this day, would not let it go. <laughs> joking, joking. I was <laughs> that might be why. But no, it was because... <laughs> Because of scheduling conflicts and like you know, like Eugene said, it is Liga Mekis is Concacaf. They have their Concacaf responsibilities with the CCL and with other stuff going on, and it just wouldn't work out. Same thing with Copa America; it just was not going to work out. And it's interesting um, to see because Liga Mekis, like you know, it definitely has a bit of a marketing issue outside of its own country and outside of the United, even in the United States, it could, it could use you know better coverage in the English language. But, you know, outside, I, I, I get this kind of vibe from, like, the other half of the world uh, um, that it's not, Liga Mekis is not as well known as MLS, even though Liga Mekis is the better league. And I think people know that, but they don't really know about Liga Mekis. Everyone knows MLS because of, you know, the players that have gone over there and the teams and the cities and stuff like that. But I always hear, like, Europeans mention, you know, they know stuff about MLS, but they don't really know anything about Liga Mickeys. So if this kind of helps that, I would be welcome to it. But, uh, but yeah, so Ness, how, how about you? What do you what do you have in response to what Eugene was talking about? I think Eugene brought up actually a really good point that I haven't really thought about, which was, you know, as far as you always hear about merger for the league, but the first thing you think about, why isn't it wrong? But a lot of the logistics and stuff they'd have to get through, like, you know, work visas as far as CE rights, long things along those lines, it would be a mess. And when I say a mess, it'd be a massive undertaking and there'd have to be a committee put together to try to figure those things out. And even then, we all know how Liga MX is when it comes to, you know, profits and how they'd want everything favoring them. So that'd be something where we might see in the future, but I could see that as far as, um, like, can, Liga MX kind of shooting themselves in the foot as far as, you know, trying to be too greedy and not take the exposure for right now because the league, as you guys are saying, isn't really well-known around the world where... You know, a lot of people get upset at, you know, Chicharito's comments where, you know, when he just came to the LA Galaxy, you know, he's trying to shed them in a favorable light. He's not going to say, like, team sucks, you know, and, Liga, and MLS sucks. It's like, you're not going to talk like that about your employer and the person who's saying you, you know, you want to be respectful. But uh, one of the things I do remember him saying when he first got there to LA was, you know, just the fact that MLS is more well-known overseas. And you saw people get upset about that. And that's one thing that never really clicked with me because I'm just like, well, obviously it is. It's the American League, you know. American culture as a whole is more well known around the world, and you know we might we are the, the league MX is the better league. It just that's just fact. There's more money in it. There's more everything at the moment. In a, in, a, in a moment in the future, the MLS will probably take that, and uh, you know I, I don't doubt it for one second. But uh, the fact that we aren't as well known because you know TV rights as far as overseas, and you know British people can't can't can watch a league MX match as easily as they can watch an MLS match is a huge is a huge issue, and it's holding the league back. And currently, you know, as far as um, the money in Liga MX, well, it's a lot. You know, this, is, this isn't just South American, you know, playing everything like that, where more players are going to get scouted and go overseas to play because they're bought so cheaply. It's like, that's you know, one of the barriers for Mexicans playing Europe, is the fact that they're more expensive than they would be their South American counterparts, whether it be an Argentinian, whether it be a Uruguayan, or whether it be a Brazilian or Chilean player. They're going to be almost twice as more expensive, and the team doesn't want to take that risk, you know. But when you look at things along those lines, it would make it way more difficult. But I feel like there's just more that both entities and both leagues have more to gain from it. Now, whether that happen in the next five years, like I said earlier, I don't know. Just because the current climate and everything with uh, the current administration, the, the, the U.S. currently is and major sporting league, you know, joining into the U.S. and kind of would be kind of overtaking them at the moment. I, I, I doubt it. Maybe in the next you know, five to ten years of being more more realistic, but I do think it's one of the things that Liga MX owners do see, and one of the main things challenges that they're currently facing. As far as not just trying to make the league better, but just trying to get more known on a global scale, because this is a global world, and to survive, you have to have that same mentality. Kind of looking towards what's what's going to happen with this new second division. First of all, do you think the whole promotion and relegation being spent for five years, do you think that's going to stick or do you think it's maybe going to be more, maybe become permanent? And then also, what do you feel like the new second division with the whole youth under 23 and all that stuff, how do you think that's going to work out? I feel like the, one of the main reasons that it will stick is because of money. 
And if, when they, whenever there's a way for owners to secure their withholding in a first division team and have guaranteed TV contracts, guaranteed, you know, top division things that people would buy for that they would want coming up from an essential team, there's going to be incentive to try to keep it as that. Now, whether the whole league would do it, that has yet to be seen, but the incentive is there. And it's something that we could see, you know, kind of as far as being a trial run. This is a, this is a trial run for a lot of things. Trial run for a murder, trial run for a relegation, this trial run for, you know, many things as far as in the future. And this is almost like an experiment where we're trying this for five years. The fact that it was five years and they didn't say one year or two years or three years, it, it was really telling and as far as the data they do want to extract out of the next five years and what they do want to give is, you know, financial freedom. As Eugene was saying earlier, you know, kind of setting the teams up so that way they can be financially stable, you know, build that stadium, you know, as far as uh, develop those youth talents. And I think that's one of the good things that will actually come out of this is more youth talent where the Senso is hurting it as far as be less players that are Mexican being developed. In first division, there's going to be less of a reason to win now and to buy those South American players for cheap and try to bring them over and, you know, have it, try to win today mentality when they can just go to their own campina and just try to build their own players. And, you know, most of those players are going to be Mexican players and those players are going to develop, play for the national team. But, you know, that has yet to be seen. There's one thing Mexico is uh, <laughs> as something untrustworthy with them that I have is uh, developing youth talent because we can have all these great under, you know, 19, 18, 23-year-old players and we'll win people World Cups. We won't translate that into the Mexico national team, which, you know, is a big flaw that we still are currently working on. As far as, uh, you know, Valompe and the 23 and everything like that, I mean, it makes sense. As far as for that to be done and everything, those games are already going to be played. I guess now they're just more official and everything like that. I like no one really focuses on those youth teams on, you know, in, in, in the first place. And no one really takes them seriously. I mean, there's first division teams nobody even takes seriously. So I don't knock them for that. But when it comes to that, and I do want Balompe to do well. As far as the fiddle kind of, you know, they're saying those potential teams are still there. But one thing they don't tell us is that the money still isn't going to be there. So it's going to give a lot, a lot of players reason to jump ship and try to go to Lego Balompe, which kind of just becomes a logistical issue for a lot of people and trying to get into new contacts and play for, you know, second division team, a uh, second division team now, which would be in Lego Balompe. So we'll see as far as how all of this ends up going. But I, like, I want to say I'm excited, but I'm not because I, I don't know what their true intentions are. And they never are. It's like they're cloaked behind a veil and you're just hoping that they have the right thing in mind for, you know, the league in general, because this is a league that we do enjoy, and it is the best league, but it's not marketed as the best league. It's not seen as the best league because uh, because people don't see it that way when they're overseas and everything along those lines. So I'm just really hoping that this starts to get the uh, mix out there more, and, you know, maybe some teams can become mainstays because it's virtually unknown to the rest of the world. So hopefully it gives some more sustainability those teams to be more well-known, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to touch on something you mentioned there. You mentioned that you said that this might, uh, for the league, for the first division, this might be an opportunity to kind of raise more uh, youth talent and to play more of it. Do you think it was a good idea in that case to get rid of the youth rule, which they did? I think it was, just because why not? Uh, honest to God, it's like that was one of the rules we see there where it's like, all right, I can see that, but Who's that rule even really benefiting for that to even be set up that way? So I'm excited to see what the future will entail with things like that because no one really took that seriously in the first place. So I am excited to see things like that as far as youth development and Liga MX in general where people, you know, you don't, you're, not, you're not pressed to win now. You can wait a few years to try to develop a few players because often we have this win now mentality where you can kind of start focusing on players now, you know, and not treating it like a game of, you know, pro manager or anything like that but as far as trying to do more with what you do have and getting creative with that because when you see you know especially coaches there might be more of a leash on coaches as well because you know it's five years they can try to get it together it's not pressure if we don't win today we might get relegated those same coaches are going to be held to a less of a standard and those same coaches might be able to make something happen you know like stick at Atlas for example right now going out of Quinta. I honestly do think that man is doing all he can do for that team now whether it's reciprocating with the team or they're giving a shit it's uh, it's real hard to tell but I do think he is trying you know if you give him another year or two 
it's like you know be able to develop some talent like some talent around like what well, was the youth team or just uh try to develop, develop some players and spend time with them and you know implement a system and get everything kind of well taken care of they have that luxury now whereas before this rule was announced they didn't have that luxury as far as for because they were worried about getting relegated they had to win now you had to worry about the next five games because you don't know if you're going to see the next year in the first division so I'm really excited to see the short, the, the longer leashes that teams have, and hopefully you can kind of get rid of this league and like carousel for coaches, because honestly it starts getting real old real quick, and you start seeing these same recycled coaches, and hopefully they have more of a leniency towards them, and also the players, where you hopefully players get second chances, you know, it's like if this were to happen, you know, earlier, say like earlier 2010s and everything like that, it's like were we were we saying that Espiriqueta would be a Mexican talent right now, you know? <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's it, it things like that where you kind of wonder about it. You're just like, well, you know, they weren't being as pressed and they had an opportunity to develop. Like, where would those same players be today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ness, uh, aside from Ms. Perqueta, you're making all of my arguments for me. Um... <laughs> no, and, I, and yeah, yeah. And, and, and you have a good point. Yeah. Are, are we sure we brought me on to, to give a, a point of view that's you know uh, different joking but i'm also kind of being serious like these are the reasons why i think this could be a good thing i'm not saying this is definitely going to pan out but i think if the clubs do this right this could be a very good thing for mexican soccer um you know i i think you're right i think that you know puente is a good coach um, I think there are, are a few good coaches that uh, have been in the league that, you know, if they didn't have the pressure to win today um, and could actually implement a system and bring in players, um, that they would develop into really good coaches. Um, and, you know, that's not an Atlas thing. That's not a, that's, that's a coaching thing. That is a getting you know, giving Mexican coaches, giving coaches in general an opportunity to implement something and see if it works. And, you know, of course, some of them are going to fail and uh, some of them may succeed. Um, I think from a player development standpoint, having an Ascento that is mostly U23 and having a, a Liga a Palompier is a good thing as well. Uh, anytime you give players an opportunity to play professionally, to train professionally, that's a good thing, um, you know, and I, th I think the teams in the first division will be looking at those teams, will be scouting those teams and, you know, may wind up taking a player or two on loan to see if they're any good. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that's going to choke off uh, any sort of development um, that's going on in Mexico. I think that this is something that, again, if implemented correctly, could really uh, help out. I think, you know, if any again, anytime you give players the opportunity to train professionally and play professionally, that's going to turn them into better players and there will be eyes on them. And if a player, you know, who may not have had the right coach or the right system gets into a, a position in Balompier or in Ascenso and, and does well, I think they're going to get noticed and they're probably going to get a look by, you know, a, a team in the first division. Um, and I think that that at the end of the day is a good thing. Definitely. I think, I think everyone can, 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 will be happy to see the end of this, of the whole coaching carousel of the whole, of that whole thing. I think that will be really good to see teams actually start to develop game plans over the, over the next few seasons rather than like you like you guys said having to win now and avoid relegation and all that that will definitely be good um as far as developing talent um like we we don't know for sure but if the teams do it right it definitely can be a good thing um i i personally want it to be and i probably every mexican national team fan uh wants it to be as well um I, I did like the youth the youth rule that they had implemented for the, for the past couple seasons. I did think that we saw a lot of players break through because of that rule, and a lot of players do well because of that rule. Um, just because it's gone doesn't mean it, those things can't still happen. Um, but I was kind of sad to see it go. Like you guys said, if, if the teams do good and, and play their developing talent now since they don't have that pressure of relegation, 
And if they do end up noticing players from the U23 or from other areas like that and start to bring them in, then that would be a good thing. I just don't want it to be a case where, you know, everybody that's U23 ends up going down to the second division and they end up playing against each other like they have been at U20, U17, U15 and all that because that doesn't really develop talent. What develops talent is for the youth players to be playing in first division matches against first division talent. That's what I think will develop the most talent, but that can happen. So I, I hopefully that that will, but you know, moving on uh, to the next question I had for you guys, I have the votes here of all the teams that voted against the Ascenso staying and with the Ascenso staying, Ascenso meeting promotion and relegation. So in favor of the Ascenso staying was Pumas, Tigres, Monterrey, Cruz Azul, Chivas, Necaxa, and Pachuca and León, which counted as one vote because they're the same owner. And then against the Ascenso is América, Santos and Atlas, which count as one vote. Cholos and Querétaro count as one vote. Puebla Monarcas count as one vote. Toluca, San Luis, and FC Juarez. So just kind of looking at those teams from both sides of the spectrum, you start to see the majority of teams with the same owner voted against the Ascenso, which brings up the whole multi-ownership thing. This isn't really a, a, an issue or even a thing in most other leagues, having multiple owners with the same, you know, having multiple clubs having the same owner, even though they don't technically have the same owner, it's under the same ownership group. So it's kind of the same thing. So looking at that, I wanted to ask you guys, does this whole multi-ownership thing that, that is in Mexico, does it ultimately hurt the league or help the league? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, I'll go first. There's uh, there, there's two sides to it. I think it helps those teams and helps them put into uh, a better situation because they see uh, teams like Santos who have a known reputation and know what to do when you have that same management mindset being brought to other teams like Atlas who desperately need it. It's a, it, it's always a good thing. Now, where the negative part comes in is when no votes like this because when there's currently votes and those one or two votes might make the difference. It's like if a team owns you know, four or five votes, they can have a swaying opinion on that. Now, whether that's a good or a bad thing has yet to be seen with this vote because we'll see in five years how both sides end up coming out of this. I think it's a negative thing. And it's other things uh, that, it, 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 this is one of the main things that other leagues around the world, not only, you know, football, but talking about, uh, you know, American football or talking about basketball or something about things like that, where they get restricted, you know, by a governing body as far as only being able to own one or two teams at the most, even if they're even a, a low majority stakeholder in one of the other teams, they probably make them sell it. And it's something when you see League MX, it's it, it, it's a group, you know, that, that that owns a lot of these teams. And the fact that they voted uniformly is really alarming because it's like, okay, if we don't see the cutoff point, it is at five or six teams or five or six votes. Who's to say that one day they might not own all the teams in the league? And next thing you know, all this kind of drama is made up and you know next thing you know it's wwe league mx you know what i mean where it's the drawn up script and everybody's just following along now that's you know that's a dramatic example but i think it is that it you know it, it, it's good for the long for the short period of time for these you know historic clubs that have been part of league mx to be held up by a more governing body that knows what they're doing but it's bad because when the league there's a board usually for the league there's the board of people that you know make decisions along those lines and a lot of power gets taken away from them being able to do things when a lot of these same people that when a lot of these same owners own more than one team and you end up that starts upsetting the balance of power and those teams end up having more of a say at the end of the day and it it, it is a negative thing in the long run rather in the short period of time where a team like atlas might not be relegated, but in the long run, the leagues might get hurt as a whole. Didn't you say though that, that the teams that, or the, the ownership groups that had multiple teams only got one vote? And in that case, the, the balance of power still kind of remains. If anything, you have, you know, yeah. something where. But at the same you time, might we have look at it, that takes away a vote that would have been in favor of something else. So that is still swaying the vote. And, you know, a vote that's taken away is still a vote that was used. Um, I mean, there's there's no guarantee it would have been taken away, though. You know what I mean? There's no guarantee that they would have voted differently. Oh, no. But if somebody else owned it and they said no to relegation, no, they mm -hmm. said yes to relegation, 
still existing, then that would have been something that would have been favored on the other yeah, side yeah. of the aisle. Whereas, this is no, I, I, I mean, yeah. I think I think we're in agreement on that. I, mean, I just, you know, I, I've heard some of the the conspiracy theories, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying, right? Like, don't misunderstand. But you know, I, I've been online. I've seen some of the the, the backlash against, uh, especially uh, Grupo Orlegi, um, but also against. Uh, the group that owns uh, Cholos uh, Caliente um, and uh, the uh, group of Pachuco and, and all that, like people seem genuinely upset that, that it's going away. And I think they were just looking to kind of lash out as they could at those responsible, which I mean, you know, that's, that's human. Um, but I don't think that this was some sort of, I don't think it was anything other than them going, I want to protect my interests. I want to protect the value of my club. I want to protect the the best interest of my investment, whether that's Atlas, whether that's Queretaro, whether that's Monarcas. I mean, remember, Monarcas was was a Raul Ruiz Diaz goal from going down a couple of years ago. Like this is something that's still kind of fresh in their mind as well, that that could have been them. And I've been around long enough to know that going down is usually a death sentence. I mean. You know, think about Indios, think about Jaguares, like think about these teams that um, went down. Tecos is another one that have gone down in the past 10 years and and are no longer, you know. Um, And while that may be, you know, kind of football romanticism or whatever, it also sucks for the people in uh, Chiapas that no longer have a first division team or any team to, to support, you know. At the same time, it's like if that team wasn't doing as good already, it's like... You're kind of fighting off starving off relegation because of the way the roots set up because it's the lowest person who accumulated points for the last three seasons. It's like, do you even want a team to be there, or do you want a team that you know maybe might come back in five years and actually be able to compete because there's good money behind it and there's good ownership behind it? That's one of the things that I, I really don't get as far as you know. I'm a Bulls fan in the NBA, and we've been floundering and it's been horrible in the past ten years since Michael Jordan left, really. Since there was some good times with Derrick Rose, but that was few and far in between. And oh, I kind of get an example of there. It's like, I'd much rather not have a team than have a team that really sucks <laughs> and to be struggling through it. Because, you know, it's like in the NBA and in the U.S., like there is no relegation system or anything like that in post. So it's like, if your team sucks, you've got to deal with it. Hopefully you can build through the draft. But it's like, you know, Liga MX doesn't even have that where one player can come in and kind of change everything. You kind of have to do it structurally and you have to build it from day one as far as good youth development. Get good t- talent from scouting from countries, uh, what is it called, overseas, and hopefully, you know, we're down south, and hopefully, you'll be able to come up with a with with a team that can compete. But I do want I do understand your, your your point as far as that saying, but it, I, I still think it is negative in the long run because you know, and that, and that is, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy or anything like that, but for a league that has something as well known as Pacto de Caballeros, I wouldn't put it past them. And when I, I do think the main thing behind it, though, is what, what you stated also is that they are protecting their financial interests. And that's, you know, that, that's understandable. But it's like a lot of people, it's like when you invest in club teams or stuff like that, it's like you, you hope to make a return, but it's not something that you're expecting. You know, if you wanted to make a return, you'd invest in the stock market. You know, you'd, you you'd do a lot other things than you would as if uh, investing in a, in, a, in a Mexican soccer team. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. You said you, you, said you were a Bulls fan. Um, it, it, you yeah. were of the age uh, where you were a Michael Jordan fan. Um, do you remember how awful the Bulls were before Michael Jordan came to town? No, I was I wasn't uh, that old. No, so I, 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 I am. Know. But if I, as far as Jerry Sloan and Bob Love, I I do understand how bad they used to be, and they used to be called the traveling cocaine. Yeah, person. I mean, and but. you know, and what what they were able to do was take a team that you know in any other you know in let's say if they were in english soccer or in mexican soccer would have been relegated and possibly you know disbanded um and through a draft a a good couple of good drafts and smart moves they were able to put together a dynasty um i mean am i saying that that is going to happen with uh you know atlas no um, but I'm saying that if you send these teams down to their death, that definitely will not happen. You know, Atlas is a team that's been around for, uh, what, 100 years? 
more than a hundred years. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, if they if they, if they go down, they're gone. And you know, yes, there is history of promotion and relegation, but yes, there is history in Guadalajara with Alas. There's history in Morelia with Monarcas. There's history with all of these teams. Um, and to have that erased because of a couple bad seasons, because of poor ownership, because of bad trades, injuries, what have you. I, I don't know. For me, like, I just, um, like, I, I can't get past that. It's one of the things where, you know, it's like, it's kind of like romanticizing the past. And I get that. And I still do that as well. And I'm, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone else. But it's like, it gives it real stakes and real consequences for the decisions that people are making. If no team's getting relegated, it's just like, all right, like, you know, if something bad happens, you're like, well, the initial reaction is like, all right, like, no one will give a shit because there's no consequences if people aren't getting relegated. When there's that threat, there's that danger there. It makes things more exciting. Like, honest to God, it's like one of the main things in the past five years when they got next that I've enjoyed the most is seeing the competition between the bottom three teams because that's honestly almost as more if it's almost as as uh, as such or if not more entertaining than the battle for the top place because obviously it doesn't determine anything since the year. But it's like those last three, yeah, no, those last three, two, three spots where you know a tie is depending if somebody goes down or not. That's some of the best football you can come out with. And you know, as you mentioned that. Morelia, where Raul, uh, I forgot the name, playing for DC United. But well, with that Raul, the Peruvian, the Peruvian uh, midfielder. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Rudias, uh, no, Pacer, Pacer is Sounders, yeah, sorry, not, that's uh, Edison. But uh, what is it called? Yeah, as far as uh, like the go and everything, that was, you know, my family's originally from Michoacan, and I always follow Morelia, even though I might not talk about them as often. But that was a really good game, and he really pulled it out for him. And he got, you know, he even got a hero card in FIFA and everything along those lines. So it just, you know, adds, it's one of those layers of the game that you still want to protect and keep. Because if that's not put there, it ends up becoming like MLS, where it's like, you know, you just named, you just named off a couple of teams that almost got relegated in the past couple of years. It's like, you can't really do that for MLS as far as like, you can be like, yeah, that team sucks. But there's no, uh, <laughs> there, there's no scale there as far as for like a relegation battle or anything along those lines where it's like all right you know it's like the i don't even follow mls really like that but you might the houston dynamo suck and it's like that's that's that it's not well <laughs> they got relegated and uh the threat was there so they became better as a club team because they need to yeah, win so, now it's like i do understand for the next five years protecting yeah, but i mean but, if, yeah. if you know if houston sucks yes they're not going to get relegated but coach is going to get fired the gm's going to get fired you're going to see clearing out of of players they're going to get sent elsewhere whether it's you know to another country to play whether it's down to uh, a lower division usl um and brought in you know i mean i don't yes the consequences aren't as steep on an organizational level but there are still consequences like it's not like people go ah shucks we're just gonna try again next year right like um you know you and, and, yeah, now you just sound like the Chicago well, Fire. Yeah, well, Sorry. I mean, but, but you, see, you see this in NBA, you see this in NFL, you see this in baseball, hockey, you know, pick any professional sport that, that does not have uh, promotion and relegation, people lose their jobs, right? GMs get fired, coaches get fired. Um, there, there, are, there are consequences, um, you know, and I, I, I think that that's probably something that's still going to happen. I think that, you know, without promotion and relegation, you're still going to see... Uh, you know, coaches in the bottom third, bottom quarter of the league losing their job. I think you're going to see front office staff, uh, GMs, and, and and that sort of uh, directors of football and whatnot thing getting the axe. I mean, it's consequence. And these people, you know, <laughs> you're not going to go from a GM job to out of work and and be happy about that. Like nobody wants that. You know, people are going to be trying extra hard not to get fired. Well, one of the main examples I like using is like for you know. A league like the NBA where they don't have relegation, obviously. And you see a team like the Golden State Warriors where they kind of suffered for a couple years under Mark Jackson, where they were like that one step away from winning a championship. And then you saw what Steve Kerr was able to do once he became coach. That's one of those things where you look at it from the surface level and you say, damn, if Steve Kerr became coach a year or two before when Mark Jackson was in charge or was actually let go, would they have won more championships? because there was more consequences to it, if there was a threat of relegation or something along those lines, or the things that need to take the natural course and everything be along those, uh, you know, along those uh, pathways and everything like that. And that's one of the things I always like looking at because if the fire's not under people's asses as far as like a threat to not playing first division, 
it obviously there's still jobs that can be lost and everything along those lines but when there is money in MLS but there wouldn't say there's as money money in MLS as there is in the NBA or the league on those lines where you kind of do need to win now and like I said where one player can make a huge difference where MLS is just like okay you know like just bringing an old player from Europe and hopefully they'll be able to make a difference it's kind of you know different standards but it's like it's just kind of that uh it's just kind of the, the 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 middle level and that's why obviously as you say it's like the mediocre level of coaches it's like that's going to kind of put itself out and everything along those lines and that's going to be those players, those coaches are still going to be fired you know whether relegation exists or not it's those mid-level coaches you know the nacho ambrises where it's like yeah you did good you did decent in playoffs it's like but you got bounced the first or second round and you're still getting the same opportunity with these same great players but it's like, you know, if there was more of a fire under your ass, would you be able to pull out more if you were under threat or something along those lines? And I know it might be an absurd argument because obviously not Trump, but Eastern Leon, they're always doing great and everything along those lines. But it's like, it's just one of those things I always think about where it's like, if there's more pressure, is that going to end up creating diamonds or are we just kind of curtailing everybody along when, you know, relegation doesn't exist and kind of giving people more of an excuse to mess up and even... You know, for the next five years, if relegation doesn't exist, is a team like Outlast going to take advantage of that? Or are they just going to fumble the bag in the five years or just going to end up getting relegated anyway because it's just due to bad management? And which obviously under the group they currently have, it's like, it probably won't be the case, but it's one of the things that it's always a possibility. Whenever you think of an opportunity they have, you're going to think a team's going to take full advantage of it, but that's not always the case. Yeah, I think the, the things both of you guys are saying are like both true at the same time because Ness, like you said, uh, with relegation battles and relegation being a fabric of m- almost every professional soccer league in the world, there is that sense of excitement. There is that that pressure to not go down, and there, you know, that does create some fantastic moments, some fantastic moments for fans, for players, for for anything. It is it is why the American sports system works for America, but that's not what soccer is. Soccer has those extra things like that. But at the same time, like what Eugene was saying. Um, the second division of Mexico was utter shit, for lack of a better word. It was so yeah, it was. bad that when teams went down, it was, a de- like he said, it was a death sentence. So many teams have gone under because of that. And when you look at the votes of uh, that I just named a couple minutes ago in favor and against you know, promotion and relegation, the teams that were against it were mostly teams that have, you know, have been in that position before, you know what I mean? Like Cholos, who came up not too long ago, Querétaro, um, even though they're the same ownership, you know, obviously we talked about Atlas, about Puebla was in there, Monarcas was in there, and then the last two, San Luis and Juarez, and San Luis was actually the deciding vote in all of this. So, in San Luis and Juarez, who had just come up from the second division, they don't want to go back there, you know what I mean? So, like, they, they know how horrible the second division system was in Mexico. Hopefully, these five years, they'll, they'll, they will take it to fix it. I don't know if I mentioned this, but part of this whole agreement is that payments from the first division clubs will be made to the second division clubs throughout this time to kind of build their infrastructure a little bit. I don't know if that's going to totally work out the way it says, you know, the way they say it's going to, but hopefully in this time that second division can at least get helped because while relegation battles are exciting and it, and I think I personally think they're necessary in a professional soccer league, you can't just be having teams just fall off the face of the earth every couple of years because the second division is so bad you know what i mean so that's why i think kind of both both of what you guys said is pretty much true um but yeah i mean it's really funny to see teams like san luis and juarez voting against the ascenso i mean that just goes to show you a lot of people were poking fun of that and we're, we're saying oh how could they backstab you know whatever blah 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 but like at the same like i would probably vote the same way because exactly. i don't want to like, like i said i don't want to go back by, there uh, that's, we that's don't like being saved by like a boat and then, like, finally getting to shore and then being like, are you going to send the boat back for everybody else? And they're just like, no. <laughs> the boat's staying here. <laughs> they're on their own. No, they saved themselves. The are on their own. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, remember, the, the Liga Mekis, I think, stated that they want to get to 20 teams. Yes. It's not like Dorados is completely screwed for the next five years. Like, just keep keep that in mind. Yeah, we are going to get to 20 teams. So, it... it, it... It's still to be said which two, which two teams from down there will get the nod to go up. Dorados is definitely a big shout, especially since they're already owned by Grupo Caliente and they've they're a team that you know everybody knows in the first division. They have some history, 
um, you know, so so we'll see what happens with those th- with those two. But uh, all right, well that's gonna do it for this week's episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. Let us know what you think on Twitter, on whatever platform you're on. Let us know what you think of the episode. We'll be back next week to talk more about the whole clausura stoppage and to see where we go from here. But that was it for us. Uh, Eugene, we'll let you go first since you're the guest. Plug away. Uh, tell the people where they can find you at. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at ColosalGringo. Um, and um, yeah, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. You can find me at Nescavelli at Twitter. And also check out Viva Liga MX as well as FMS State of Mind for new content from all of us. And yeah, just like piggybacking off what Eugene said, please wash your hands. Please wear a mask. Please do all these things. And please don't cut holes in your mask and do these ridiculous things that people are doing. And if you go to Costco and get turned away because you don't have a mask on, say, hey, it's all right. I just go home and get a mask. You know, don't make a whole video about it. And don't be that weirdo. Don't be that guy. All right. <laughs> and I'm over on Twitter at Antonio1998 double underscore. That's two underscores at the end. Like Ness said, make sure to go to FMF State of Mind and Viva Liga Mekis for all your Liga Mekis written content. That's been us. We'll see you guys next week. And thanks for listening.